It's CJ the Day Slayer for the Upgrade America podcast. Hey, anyway, uh, thanks for listening. Thanks for watching. Uh, we're on SoundCloud as well. Look us up under CJ the Day Slayer or under Upgrade America podcast. Up under Upgrade America uh, soundtrack. You'll find us through one of those options. But anyway, we're incorporated timestamps on YouTube and on the audio podcast. So you guys can skip to the part you really want to hear certain segments because we know time is precious and we decided to make it a little easier for our listening and viewing audience. We really appreciate it. Shout out to all the new listeners and enjoy the show. Thanks. Peace. What's up, world? I hope you're having a wonderful day wherever you're at on our lovely planet. I'm Cameron Ra, host and executive producer of Upgrade America. <laughs> Pardon my Dragon Ball Z. I'm really feeling Goku-ish today. I'm joined by none other than CJ the Day Slayer. What's happening, broski? <laughs> I'm here, man. How you doing? How's your morale? Marvelous, marvelous. Better than great, bro. Yeah. But I mean, uh, you there? You, you good? What's popping? Allergies is popping. So y'all excuse me on this episode. It's killing me right now. But I'm all right. You know what I'm hey, saying? Better allergies than that Rona. But, True. You know so, what I mean? Life yeah. is great. Life is great. But for our upgraders out there in the whole wide world, Hope you guys are, are, are doing well. Like we gotta do a morale check on on, on you as well. Like yeah, through some unprecedented times, a little discomfort, but ain't nothing we can't handle. And you have our lovely show to to keep you entertained. Absolutely. Uh, just some quick facts, really quick, guys. Uh, let's see what we got here. Uh, something interesting, courtesy of Spotify. All you audio listeners, appreciate it. So we got some demographics here. So our biggest age group is 35 to 44, which we are a part of that group. And then our youngest age group is 18 to 22. Interesting. So, and we got some 60 plus in the game too, actually. Hey, big shout out. We appreciate the views. Awesome. Um, well, listeners, uh, views too. You're right. Oh. Uh, one more quick thing. We have a lot of female listeners, so shout out to you ladies. Like, wow. Oh. You know, Thanks. 39%. So, we appreciate we appreciate you guys. I meant ladies, sorry. Uh, guys, guys and gals. Yeah, so that's really amazing. Shout out to Spotify on those stats, man. Really helpful. No doubt, no doubt. So, like, um, any new countries on on the list listening in today? Ah, uh, yeah, South South Africa, West Cape Town, I think. So, shout, Yo, out shout out, shout out to South Africa. Shout out to Ramsey, my my lead developer for you know Legion Imperial. But um, great that they're joining uh they're joining the list out there. We are really international. Uh, 
I want to give an overview for people who are just tuning tuning in today. We, we got a lot of things we're going to be discussing. Yeah. Uh, off the rip, we're going to be discussing this. Just trying to give you guys some information on how you can stay, uh, endure this social distancing and, um, you know, quarantine a bit better. We're going to discuss a little nutrition, some exercises you can do at home. Then uh, CJ has some international uh, events. I'm sorry, international stories that he would like to cover, you know, for our international Absolutely. listeners out there. And our headline, Meat and Potatoes, is the New World Order. And a little history and perspective. We're going to break that down for you. And CJ, what else we got on the agenda? So we're talking about that, but we're talking about also life after Rona. There's going to be a new normal globally. And we're going to talk about private health. Is your mm-hmm. health going to be private anymore? Like there's going to be concerns with vaccines and, right, and right. requirements, stuff like that. We're also going to dive into holistic health, which we're going to dive into big pharma, maybe natural remedies, how they're conflicting. So we got a special treat for you guys on that. Yeah, no doubt. Uh, I wanted to bring up something that probably people don't know during this economic economic downturn is business interruption insurance. Most Fortune 500 companies have this. How does it affect you? What does it entail? So I'll do a brief overview on that. Um, we got, let's see, second bill of rights. This is a perfect time to discuss that because we're seeing right. how America has to adjust to this pandemic. And then we got some positive stories to leave you guys on a positive note. It's not all bad during these times. <laughs> nah, it's not all bad. There's a lot of great things going on. So that's that's our rundown. So we hope you guys enjoy the program. We're here for infotainment. Please do your own independent research using scholarly resources and references. Oh, no doubt. Some of this is scholarly, and then some of this is just quick uh, reference research. So make sure you guys get the facts for yourself. Try to look at all angles. That's what we preach on Upgrade America. That's what we do. We so. are not the news. We are just two sophisticated gentlemen having intellectual <laughs> conversation. So feel That's free right. to fact check us and do your own due diligence. But, um, yeah, and most importantly, enjoy the show. So Let's do it. To this? Yeah. So um, I'm going to use a CJ Today Slayer word, holistically. That's so right. We need, to, we need to approach this quarantine uh, lockdown thing holistically. And what I mean by that is we need to address the mind, the body, and the soul. So, um, yeah, regarding the mind, this is your greatest asset, your, your greatest tool. You, you really got to you got to utilize this thing to the fullest and it's a muscle. So right now, as we have time, we're locked down, like grow that muscle, like try, try to try to flex it a bit. And what I mean by by this, like I hear a lot of people are, are sharing the books that they're reading and that's great. This is one way that you can uh, really expand the mind. They say uh, the man who doesn't read lives once, but the man or woman who reads lives a thousand lifetimes. That means you can download the the thoughts and, and ideas of so many great people, so many experiences that you can uh, add them to your own. And all that can be done with a simple book. 
So right now you have some time to, to read. And I recommend First Son of the Dynasty, the autobiography of Cameron Ra. And also, you know, check out the Upgrade America Handbook published by Cameron Ra and inspired by some ideas by, from CJ Desley. But yeah, check these out on Amazon, but also, you know, dive deep into some books as well. Um, learn a new skill. And um, right now we're in some scary, unprecedented times. We don't know when things are going back to normal and we still got to earn bread, you know? So not everyone is working remote, but now is the time. If you're, you're at home, you can find some skills that you may be able to do that in the future. I recommend Udemy. They have so much tech, like do-it-yourselves, instructional videos on how to learn the program, how to learn the, you know, uh, do websites and stuff like that. I was spent eight years Air Force Security Forces. I was as technical as a sledgehammer. Y'all see out there, CJ? And um, like, I didn't know how to make a double-sided copy, <laughs> you know, <laughs> on, on the copier when I was in. I knew all about an air, you know, AR-15s, or we call them M4s, lightweight air-cooled gas-operated sword-fired weapon with max effective range of what, let's call it 600 meters for an area target, 500 meters for a point target. Anyways, that's what I knew. But coming out, I had to transition, get technical, and I had to learn these things on my own. These little videos, you can play it, do a little code, and then if you, you, you didn't get it, rewind it, and then do it again until you, you understand. But it's, it's getting easier for people to learn these skills. Um, get on that. You have the time to do that. That is another way you can expand your mind. Um, cybersecurity, that's a field that, that's growing. I want to get into that, and, and that's something I may be investigating in, in the future as well. So uh, do you have any, any remarks about exercising the mind, CJ? Uh, for me, I know mm -hmm. peace and quiet. Indeed. For me, like take take a couple more. I don't know your spiritual beliefs or religious beliefs or whatever, but I think this time's been interesting. Where if you sit still and just be quiet, is very helpful for you. Every day, try to be quiet at least say twice a day, like a moment of just quiet. Um, I do that. It's very helpful. I love um, it. That meditation, mindfulness. Uh, yeah. That's something I've been enjoying as well as just basking in the silence. And yeah. um, there's been studies that silence helps your memory. You know, when you're constantly being bombarded by sounds, boom, 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 all these distractions. But, you know, a little bit of silence, it, uh, it kind of lets the brain. It's not processing all this stimuli, you know, it's, it's really yeah. helpful. I agree. So that's the biggest thing I would say for me that I recommend for you guys, you upgraders out here. No doubt. Um, so second, we want to address the body and, you know, of course we got to address fitness, but also, you know, nutrition as well. And, you know, this quarantine lockdown is kind of like being in jail and jail, you know, you, you sitting down, you're not moving around a lot. So you gain a little bit of weight, you gain some pounds and, um, it is imperative that you don't let your health slip because if you let your health slip while you're in here, you may end up in the hospital. And just by default, hospitals are hot spots for that Rona, and you want to avoid them at all costs. So you know your physical well-being is really important. So um, let's 
address nutrition real quick because that is also another thing that could lead you to the hospital if you don't take care of it. So they uh, professionals are recommending you cut out sugars and uh, sugars, they can degrade the immune system. You should also avoid fried things because they convert the sugars. And as we mentioned, those mess with your immune system and your well-being. I mean, on top of that, all this fried nasty stuff, you know, it, it, it messes up your heart. Your heart is your most important muscle. So now that we talked about that, here's things you should eat. Eat a lot of ginger. I don't really get the science behind it. I just know it's a powerful root. It has a lot of, it's a superfood, all these healing principles. Limes are uh, actually superior to vitamin C compared to lemons. I believe the lemons are like genetically modified or something. And the, the limes are like the, the real McCoy. But uh, turmeric is also a very powerful healing root. I like the powder I mix it in when I juice and stuff. You should drink at least three bottles of water a day. So, uh, trainee, flashbacks to BMT. How many, how many uh, quarts of water did we have to drink? I thought it was eight. Was at it least eight? eight, right? Have yeah. one quart from your canteen on the hour, every hour of training. Yeah. Because uh, dehydration is no joke, but your body's 70% water. You got to replace it. You got to replace that water. Like you over there drinking sodas and cola and all that. Like your body's like, what the fuck? Like, give me what I need. So yeah, drink some water. Um, you can make alkaline water with limes and baking soda. So everyone, you, you see these, uh, these alkaline waters are like $5 for like a liter or something ridiculous like that. You can make your own with using limes or alkaline. Camera, camera, what, what's so important about alkaline, you may ask? Well, alkaline creates a hostile environment for, uh, for a virus to, to thrive. So like having alkaline in, in, in your, your body, you know, it's harder for the virus to live there. So if you can make that yourself, drink that, stay hydrated, and you know, um, just help kill that bug. So I got I got a little more to add to that since Oh uh, yeah, no, we're gonna dive deep with uh Dr. Seth Sebi, but go ahead. Nah, this is on the uh, alkaline water. So I wrote down some facts uh on the health benefits of alkaline water. So please oh, enlighten us. It soothes acid reflux, provides extra hydration, detoxifies your body, oxygenates oxygenates your body, uh, alkalizes your body, supports your immune system, energizes your body, weight loss benefits, cardiovascular benefits, improves bone health, really? better physical appearance like skin, all that good stuff, and improves overall health. Interesting. I have been experimenting with it. What I do with mine is I just put the I put the baking soda in there, and like I do like the slightly uh, salty taste that it has to it. I just shake it up and then you know drink it down. But uh, for me, it's smooth. I, I had no idea it had those many benefits for it. Not a big fan of the weight loss thing because I'm a slim guy. But I'm, I'm trying to keep my weight up, but I mean at the same time in these times of lockdown, I've been getting the uh, Getting a little pudgy, you know, and they're, holding some, they're holding some weight. <laughs> we're we're going to elaborate more on this because there's actually alkaline diets 
that are supposed to be really great for uh, you know for your health and and right now you uh, you know you should be eating for your general health but a lot of people's concern is fighting that rona so it's like uh, these are some things you can eat and drink to you know to prevent that so um we discussed nutrition but i really want to discuss like your actual physical fitness because again they go hand in hand you got to eat healthy and you actually got to move you got to move you got to you know put uh, some some healthy stress on your body so i'm a big fan of push-ups me personally like that's one of the first exercises i do in the morning um right now i do i'm breaking it up more as my numbers go up i'm doing about 25 and then I'm splitting up, let's call it over 100 for today, and then splitting up to 20, 25 a piece. And then I'm just gradually adding more and more and more. Like, at one point in time, I was doing a thousand, but I had a lot of time and I was doing a, a hundred a piece. But these are a really great exercise because it's your natural weight and it will stay with you. And I, I suppose it's great because you can do it anywhere. True. Like you don't need to bring weights or have special equipment. You can do push-ups anywhere, and that's why I'm a big fan of these. So for everyone who's not like, uh, you know, into push-ups, I would commit just so you can give yourself something realistic. Commit to ten a day at first, and then just keep doing more. If you're not, and if you're if you're you know if if you really do it, then commit to one hundred a day. And if you really want to brag, beat my, try my rigorous formal, formal uh, routine where I was doing a thousand a day. Try that, and that's doing a hundred uh, at a time for ten sets. And uh, for the ladies or anyone out there trying to sculpt your butt, like try doing some squats. Like these are exercises again. You can do them anywhere. You don't need any type of equipment. You just drop into the drop low or how they say was that song get low or something oh, get low. <laughs> well a long time for my, my partying days but yeah, yeah squats are another really great exercise and it's not about how many you do at once if you just do it every hour on hour let's just say for eight hours you know a little bit will go a long way and yes sure i want you ladies to look sexy for when you know we finally get to go back to the beaches, but at the same time, the most important thing is that you're, you know, you're you're taking care of yourself. You're burning off any uh, toxins or, or or whatever, and keeping yourself in shape. So you you gotta get out of the house and get some steps. Take a walk around the block. I, I don't know. Wear your mask if you want, but you gotta get out. One to get that fresh air. And two, you, you have to move. If you, you, you'll notice, you'd be surprised how weak you can get from not moving and, and everything. But if you keep your body moving, you keep it going, you make it a routine, you'll build that muscle memory. And, and also, you know, you, you, you get your, even moving around a little bit, it, it will get your heart rate going. And, you know, our, our beloved son gives us, uh, so generously provides us free vitamin D. You know what I mean? So recharge that melanin. But this is just something uh, to consider. But do you have any um, insight on, on the physical fitness, CJ? Uh, 
for everybody, simple stuff, just dance. Put on your favorite dance music. That's great cardio. You That's activate cool. all your muscles. Um, for me, I like to do like five mile walks. I'm a walker. I really like walking. I'm not so much a jogger anymore, thanks to the Air Force. Um, <laughs> I don't mind sprints here and there, but uh, I love to walk like my whole neighborhood. What I've been doing is each time I walk, I explore a different part of my neighborhood. So as I'm doing that, I'm taking the air, I'm taking the sun, and you're learning something new. So you're incorporating all these elements we're talking about. That whole, uh, you're getting a, a broader awareness of where you're, of your neighborhood, getting a little recon in, but like walking is, it's an easy exercise that most everyone can do. It's yep. not no uh, physical uh, impairments or anything, but it's easy, but you can get so many benefits from it. Yeah. And, and I totally agree. I've been, as of lately, I've been doing the stroll thing as well i do like the job but you know i, I have strains and injuries on my knees as well so yeah the other united states air force <laughs> but like uh you know walking is still you can get a like i said that five mil five mile walk you can get a lot of benefits from that i believe steve jobs said he a lot of his greatest ideas came from going on on long walks um the last element we want to cover is the soul and find what that is but i do have a, a general concept and um in general we, we did a episode on meditation and mindfulness and cj was yeah. just mentioning the silence but that is um it is so great for the soul and for peace of mind um the health benefits of meditation are incredible um check out our episode on that we'll we really dive deep in that, but it's uh, season one, baby. <laughs> yeah, you're right. That was a that was a throwback from season one. But that's the ultimate tool to manage stress, and I highly encourage you to to, to check it out. It's difficult, but when you you really get into it, it it's so great to to help you with uh with stress. And these are stressful times. Finally, I want to say pray. Whatever your religion is, whatever your spiritual belief is. These are the times you need to strengthen that and, and pray and really get to know your God. Uh, and um, I don't want to get deeper into that because everyone is going <laughs> to has their own, you know, nah, it's cool. that. I respect I, that. But I just want yeah. people to to pray and, and build that faith because I, I'm, I'm very confident you're going to need it in the coming days. But I'll, that's all I got. I'll throw this in there. Like, Another form of cleansing for me is I'm not so much religious. I can speak on my personal views. I'm more agnostic, meaning I do believe in something higher, but I don't subscribe to any one organized religion. But I, I do have roots in the, what is it called? AME church growing up. And what Black, is AME? It's like African Methodist Episcopal. It's like just basically Christianity is just a subset of Christianity. Mm -hmm. But I think it's African-based, more African-based, like for black folks. So one thing I do like is listening to gospel music. It has such healing properties. I cannot explain it to you guys. But if you can listen, just find one gospel song and listen to it. 
I guarantee you it will do something to you. Oh, I believe I fully believe that, like uh, as far as vibrations and the healing powers of, of vibrations Man. and uh, and so, the intentions, the intentions of those because uh, words are powerful. Sure. And you know when they're when they're sung with with powerful uh, healing uh, intentions and, and with faith. Yeah. I think I, I totally agree. What that could be. Uh, how do you say it? it could be very healing? Like uh, comparatively, it would be like monks chanting. Mm. So yeah, I like that. I like, meditated to some Tibetan monks, or even yeah. um, the the mantra of Om. They had these monks. Yeah. Om. And yeah. that was I had some very powerful meditations with that experience. But again, like spirituality, like get in touch with it. That it, I believe it's real. In my experience, like I believe it's real. You said you're you're agnostic. I believe without the shadow of a doubt that there is a a, a higher being, and um, if only it, the you know the universe. But we we are all connected to something far greater than ourselves. I am in touch with that, and and very grateful just uh, that this this higher being this 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 God allowed us to be. You know, it's where we're here, we're breathing. Because right now there's just people who are struggling to do that, so that's a blessing. And um, just get in touch, build that faith. They said the faith of, or Jesus said the faith of a mustard seed can move mountains. I fully believe that. And um, I don't know, man. It's, uh, these are some. It's all good. And like some, some, some times, man, that you to, to build that up. Faith is really great to have. Also, just. It, if you're not like that, you can also use this time to incorporate that in your life and then continue when we get back to our new normal after this time has passed. So it's not something you just do during hard times. You do it during great times, everyday routine kind Values of thing. and cheats. But here's Absolutely. the thing about being an atheist and what sucks about being an atheist. It's like when you believe in God, you know, you, you can just let everything go. You'd be like, yo, God got me. I know I'm good. If you have that faith. But with an atheist, uh-huh. if you don't believe in anything, you have better well believe in yourself to the utmost because that's all you got. So it's like, that's what sucks for being, being an atheist. But um, I, I feel very confident and comfortable, you know, believing in a higher power. And it, it takes a lot of burden off of my chest, off of my shoulders because, you know, you just, you just know that but again if you don't believe in nothing you better believe in yourself yeah i i can see that yeah but i mean uh what we rolling into next we, we said we got some uh we shout out our international listeners around the world we love you we love our national listeners as well but uh we we really there's a lot going on in america but there's also a lot going on in the world so yeah. take it away cj let's talk international so the first story, which is very disappointing, was um, I don't know if you want to put this in while we're talking or not. When you edit, we'll, you'll, do, you'll figure that out. Yeah, but, yeah, I can put the footage over there. Yeah, I got the footage. But basically, shout out to India. Y'all are one of our listeners and viewers. But we're trying to figure out, like, that. what's going on? So it showed Indian health workers spraying down migrant workers with bleach and desanitizing 
chemicals on their body to so-called disinfect them from possibly having Rona or bringing it into I, India. I saw that, and I thought that was a bit ups- excessive. Like, um, it's um, it kind of makes you. Yes, the virus is bad, but people's response to it is yeah. bad, and and these are like the first. Um, social injustices that we're, we're starting to see as a response of this virus. What are your thoughts on that, man? It's disappointing, and it also it's it brings up a horrible flashback of history in America where fire hoses were used on Black Americans. You're absolutely right. During the civil rights movements in the sixties. So, yeah, man, like, just seeing that, I'm like, they doing this in 2020? Like, really? So, and then knowing that it's possibly bleach you're you're putting on human beings, like, that's tough to see, bro. It is tough to see, and um, how do you, who can step in and and stop something like that? Is this something that you have to address bilaterally, like, um... Call up India's president. I do forget his name. Was it Modi, the prime minister? Yeah, 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 I do believe that's his name. So you call up Modi, they're like, yo, what's up, man? Like, people are, you're spraying people with, with, with bleach and, and stuff. Like, what's that about? Like, I guess, should global leaders be putting pressure on Modi? Yeah, but at the same time, everybody's supposed to basically run their country. They are sovereign nations. Mm-hmm. So, but it does tie into UN Human White Rights Watch kind of humanitarian. Like, hey, you should not be doing that to people. Regardless. I, should, I should rephrase that. Should the UN intervene? Like, if, if only verbally and, and or make a statement about this, or have they already? Uh, doesn't it, it seems like people are outraged? Mm-hmm. Um, I've seen it looks like Indians are outraged too, so wow, it's not just imagine. Yeah, once it hits the internet, it's no turning back, and like the world now sees this is how people are being treated over there, and so it's um, it's it's while there's a lot going on in America, there's a lot going on in the world. This is something that should be addressed, yeah. Because again, it's like the cure, the solution should not be more harsh than the disease, and that's what we're seem to be experiencing. At yeah. Moment. And I don't. I think that's totally unacceptable. So that's our first story. But shout out to India. Hopefully, y'all figure that out. You know what I'm saying? Nobody's perfect. We shout can... out to Adi, one of my associates from India. He's going to yeah. be coming on the show shortly. Oh, nice. Yeah. Yeah. But uh, he put me on a lot of information. I'm curious to see his uh, hear his thoughts on on that as well as he comes from India. But what's next? So what is our other uh, our other international story? Shout out to the Philippines. No doubt, y'all one of our viewers, listeners. Um, so the prime minister is pretty hardcore. So you shared this with me about uh. The lockdown and basically the Philippine president Rodrigo sorry I thought he was prime minister but president Rodrigo Duarte I think 
said, shoot citizens dead if they don't follow the coronavirus lockdown. I will not hesitate. My orders are sa police, pati military, pati mga barangay, na pagkaginulo at nagkaroon ng okasyon na lumaban at ang buhay ninyo ay nalagay sa alanganin Shoot them dead. Alam mo, we are ready for you. Gulo, o barilan, o patayan, I will not hesitate my soldiers to shoot you. I will not hesitate to order the police to arrest and detain you. Ngayon, pag kayo ang na-detain, Bahala kayo sa pagkain ninyo. And I thought that was, um, I really thought it was a joke when it first started circulating. I was like, that's a bit hyperbole. Like, it's a bit excessive. Like, I don't even think they were doing that in North Korea. Maybe they were. Oh, no. But, um, actually, you know what? We're gonna have to circle back to this, but I'm curious to North Korea's stats, because I... I I, I recall hearing that they had none like uh, a while ago. But anyways, focusing on the Philippines, yeah, it's that's wild. Yeah. Now, has the UN made any statements about this? It's, you know, it's interesting. It looks like because everybody's in scramble mode mm-hmm. that it doesn't seem like the UN is like... Overly active because you got to think the UN is comprised of countries. Well, all these countries are going through the same thing right now. So it's kind of like, ooh, well, how do I address this? But I got to worry about my own country right now. But we have to acknowledge one thing. Philippines is a sovereign nation. They they have leadership. They have government just like we have in the United States. Yes. You already know where I'm going with this loaded question. All right. Could such orders ever be given in the United States of America? No. Under martial law? No. No, you don't think that's I'll say that can be given, but... Escalation of force model couldn't be superseded so so rapidly, you don't think so? No, you can. You could do it, but it's not going to go well. It's going to be... Civil War Two, I can tell you that emphatically. Like that's not gonna go down. Oh, you're absolutely right. But everyone looks at history as if you can only have one civil war. And sure. as, as I mentioned, big fan of the Roman Empire, they had like hundreds of them, or if not at least they they had more than ten civil wars. You know, so it's like. It's shocking to, to think that such a thing could it, it could occur. But seeing it happen in, in the Philippines is a real eye-opener that yeah. it could happen anywhere else in the world. And yeah, I was concerned. As I mentioned, I thought it was a joke. Yeah. It's so excessive. Such a, an example of excessive force on the population. Then I was like, yo, this guy is serious. And yeah. I was embarrassed because I put like a laugh emoji like on Facebook. Yeah. Thought they were joking, and I was like, "Oh shit! Like, this is real." Yeah, so it's shocking, man. It really like, like I said, I'm gonna say again though. Go ahead. The solution 
should not be worse than the problem. And uh, giving orders to use deadly force on your citizens is far worse than the coronavirus. True. So shout out to the Philippines. That's a little bit of our international segment we're starting to incorporate in the show because we appreciate you guys for listening and watching. Yeah, indeed. And uh, we'll... Really hope you guys are safe out there. Yeah. Um, so shout out. Shout out to you guys. So uh, on a lighter note, before we get into the heavy stuff really quick, uh, what good TV series, movies, video games you've been playing? What you've been doing? Occupy your time, like on this in this realm. Besides watching uh, the Upgrade America show, Upgrade, what, what else have you been doing out there? But well, CJ, since I have your direct attention, like what what have you been uh, watching and playing? And... I've been playing Tekken Seven. Um, so I've been playing that a lot on Xbox. Who's your uh, Who's your favorite character? Oh, I've learned how to use multiple characters now because is Yoshi Mitsu still. Uh, it's still in the, that was my dude, man. Um, with him with the lasers, just like yeah. one shot kill all day. Me and uh, my buddies have been playing, like you know, because. I know we're in quarantine, social distancing and all that, but you need some kind of social stimulation. Mm-hmm. So they have come over and we've played Tekken 7, heavily heated battles, been awesome. Um, taking me back to like when I was 10, 12 years old. Uh, so it's been fun. Really great game, man. I yeah. Awesome. Uh, awesome. Oh, go ahead. No, no, I was just saying one of the first fighting games I played. Yeah, me too. Um, let's see, TV series. I just finished uh, Car Masters. I think it's Car Car Masters. Some something on Netflix. Restoring cars. What's that about? Basically, they find junk cars or whatever, and they restore them or they customize them to sell them and flip them and like trade them and like all kind of stuff. Uh, it's on Netflix. I think it's. I can't think of the title. I'm I'm butchering the title right now, but. Um, I just finished that season two. I watched okay. season one. Um, so that's on Netflix. Uh, let's see. Another video game is a simulation game I was telling Cam about. Ah, uh, yeah. Called City And like you create your own society and you got to govern it. And based on the decisions you make determines how your citizens react. Like, you know, stuff like that. It's very realistic in the sense that it shows how hard it is to actually run a country or a government. Like it's, it's like no Sim code. City. I mean, um, yeah. it's like Sim City, but on a grander scale, but with uh, politics and whatnot. Yeah, that sounds really cool. And I'm, you mentioned that you uh, were injecting some of our policies. Yeah, I'm trying to. Like it's tough though. Like it's really tough. Um, not in. Impo- I still got to figure out the perfect formula, but it's mm-hmm. tough. I'm pretty sure we can come to in the arrangement where we can have it running smoothly. Yeah. But I'm just curious, like, this is what we're playing with. But I- I'm very confident that politicians and leaders have something different where they can, how do you say, uh, work real-life scenarios. You yeah. know, like, I'm, I'm curious how, how their simulations work out in, in on the sim and how they work, play out in real life. True. So, hey, guys, if you're listening, 
Is the, you know, the coronavirus simulation, is it, is it working out compared to the, you know, to the real time simulation? Oh, oh yeah. <laughs> shout out to, uh, shout out to Virginia, which we have no data for, but we know who lives there, who's working there. Hey, I ain't mad at them, you know. Nah, so. They're doing their due diligence. Yeah, yeah, no doubt, no doubt. And at the same time, they, uh, they, they play a big role in, in our nation's security as well. So, you know, big shout out to our, you know, our biggest fans out there, agency boys. But um, that's just pretty interesting. I've been watching um, Castlevania was pretty cool. I was okay. a big fan of the game uh-huh. when I was a kid. Probably, probably, I only beat one Castlevania, and I was Symphony yeah. of the Night, and I had to use like a Game Shark or something to do it. Because it was like the hardest game ever. But yeah. uh, they made anime on it on Netflix. That was really tough. I enjoyed it. Season two could have been better, but you know yeah. they they do a great animation, great storyline. Also, watch the Ozarks. I watched I one before, and then I, I found some time to you know to peck away at season two. I like watching this. I started watching it again because the the great state of Missouri is on. Uh, I suppose that would be on a list of uh, somewhere to bug out to. It's in the mountains, you know, deep woods like that um a lot of social distancing yeah that's a potential in the unlikely event you know east coast goes to hell but um (laughs) it was a it was was a really great show they have um pretty decent writers writers so here's a phenomenon that i experienced i don't know if you experienced it but Uh like i'm not a really big tv watcher so when i when i did watch tv and then i'm watching it and it's just like why why are people in bars like how are people in restaurants like subconsciously i'm like why aren't they wearing masks why aren't they social distancing because it's just like that's become normal to me and then seeing what's going on tv is is abstract granted i know it was filmed prior to this crisis but i mean it's still like uh, i'm seeing the conflict the contrast of everyday life and you know the past have you experienced anything like that? No, it's weird. It's like uh, my mindset is more like what happens when we get to the new normal. It's like how is filming and all this stuff going to be affected? That's kind of where my mind's been going. Mm. Um, well, I think um, right now, fortunately, we're we're this whole technology, you know. green screens, all this digital stuff, you can make a movie at home, you know? And um, fun thing, fact I learned about what they want to do with acting in the future is a character, an actor, will more or less become like a video game character. Like they'll take a whole 360 degree copy of this person, then they can dress them, or her any any way they wish and then put them in different positions and stuff like that for other movies in the future and then the actor would merely have to voice it over wow it was like as far as you gotta be on set you gotta be that's really not a requirement nowadays it's like technology is kind of going past that but um it's one thing to have the voiceover it's another thing that they're building. We discussed the deep fakes. Remember how they yeah. had like, President uh, Barack Obama saying some, some wild stuff about Trump? 
they are actually developing algorithms where it's like they have all your voice so you can you don't need the actual actor you can just type the script and have this robotic algorithm say word for word with yeah. it, uh, so, it's, so the game's gonna change too but yeah. um, I didn't think it would come to fruition because of the Rona. Well, you know my concerns on it. Like, just I'm I'm an arts guy, so just knowing that's like one of the last human art forms is acting, like stand-up comedians, like all this is human art. Like this is made by humans, created by humans. Yes is troubling for me because that's almost like the last thing we have left and like to see technology is about to basically take it over sucks bro like i'm gonna be honest like it it does it really does it, it, was, it was kind of shocking because i was thinking the same thing that these would be the last things that technology would take but technology how do you say artificial intelligence yeah. they're writing sci-fi novels they are, uh, you know, they're making artwork and, and music, you know. So it's like, yeah, it is kind of scary when you consider that. What's even more scary is like, who's gonna appreciate it? Who's who's gonna enjoy it? Who's gonna be there to, you know, to to enjoy these things? Yeah. It's like it's almost like the machine wants to do so much. It's like it's it's will it live for us? Like, will it, will it do that for, for us? It's like, don't worry, humans. You don't have to live. Yeah. Machines will take over and do that for you. But yeah, it's getting pretty wild, man. Yeah. So, you ready to jump into the big topic? Yeah, man. I kind of feel like I pooped on the, um, the chocolate ice cream at, at the end. Like, you know, just getting all cynical. That was supposed to be a fluff. Now we're diving into the <laughs> into dark stuff. No, nah, I mean I brought it up, so it was just one. It's just a thought I had as we we're talking about this. I'm sitting here like, damn, really? You know, so it, it is. And um, again, I'm confident that perhaps maybe you know human podcasts will be a rare thing in the future. But I'm very confident the Upgrade America podcast will survive and thrive in those times but um another thing for you people out there who i, t- I told you about getting uh, you know getting a new skill building the mind start a podcast it's really fun it is it's a uh, it's, it's therapy and, and, and again it, it will have value in the future not immediately but when you yeah. invest your time and your energy over time you know it, it will be worth something but um I, we spoke about Bill Gates, was it last week, and we were talking yeah. about biological uh, warfare and everything. And I want to touch a bit more on him as well, because he's leading the charge on this coronavirus. He preemptively warned the world, like, hey, this is a thing. Somebody may uh, make a virus and weaponize it. And, you know, um, this was a concern of his, but at the same time. There are people who are pointing the finger and saying he has the most to gain from this crisis. So we're going to put the, the magnifying lens under Mr. Gates or under over over Mr. Gates. And then we're, we're just going to take a, a, a little uh, quick dive look into, into him. So we're going to start with a little basic uh, biography. So CJ so elegantly phrased the question, Bill Gates, humanitarian or supervillain 
So <laughs> let's do this. <laughs> a lot of great information and um, and some of these clips I got from really graceful. Um, CJ, I think I sent you that uh, that link. Yeah, yeah, that was really good. From her, she put it together. I'll, I'll do my best to add that to the to the info. Put her link in there as well. So let's get to it. Bill Gates was born in Seattle, Washington, in 1955. He was awarded the nickname Trey in reference to him being William Gates III. His father, William Gates II, aka Devil Bill, was an attorney who founded Preston Gates and Ellis. It's an international law firm. They have offices in China as well as all over the country, Chicago, and I believe New York as well. His father was deep in the politics. I could go on and on about all of his endeavors and, and things that he got into. He was involved with Planned Parenthood and a lot of these things early on in its conception. He has links to the Rockefellers and um, that's that's old money. And he helped to an extent. He, he helped build Standard Oil. He participated in that. His mother, Mary Maxwell, was chairwoman of United Way. She came from old money and power. Her grandfather was director of the Seattle branch of the Federal Reserve. Uh, so I already said Rockefeller. I already said Federal Reserve. Oh no, these are key words for conspiracy theory. Dun, dun, dun. <laughs> so it was known early on that Bill Gates was a genius. Like he demonstrated his intellect like early on. I think he was like maybe 10 or something like that, where he said he would be a millionaire by the time he was 30. And I admire that confidence, like to know at such an early age that, you know, you, that you're going to make it. And he's multi-billionaire today, so he is on point. So um, with his intellect and his strong family and connections, he was it was clear he was he was destined for great things. He was fortunate to have in his home a tool that many corporations didn't even own yet. And that wondrous tool was a computer. He taught himself to program simply by reading the manual. So the, the computer manual, it tells you, hey, do this and then you can do that. He read all that and then he was found a way to manipulate the computer. And, you know, he's he's programming. So his friend Paul Allen and himself, they formed a club called the, the Lakeside Programmers. And more or less, they got people from the community to come in and they'd play around with computers, show them how to manipulate these things. This really doesn't sound like very impressive right now in 2020 where everyone has a computer in their pocket. But when this was a, a concept, you know, a, a very uh, early 19, I have to assume it's like what, 1960s or something like that. Yeah, like, um, yeah, somewhere in there. Yeah, this is this is a uh, computers were, were a real big deal. Even when you consider like they said like the the computer they allegedly used to put a man on the moon was like not even as strong as our, our smartphones today. But um, Paul Allen, Bill Gates, and, and his friends they were actually working with the 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 current at that time computer corporations. They're actually getting paid by them to find bugs and defects in their systems. So it was like, this is these little kids that learn how to manipulate the computers and they're getting paid by all these corporations. But here's a fun fact. Bill Gates wrote one of the first computer viruses at that time. To him, uh. it was a way of testing the system. 
you know, or seeing vulnerabilities and everything. But, you know, you see how that game evolved now. And um, in in the video, really graceful, mentioned that um, this could possibly be one of those examples of providing the problem and then providing the solution early on. So again, that was in, in his childhood. So um, Bill Gates was so smart, he took the SAT twice just to get a perfect score. He got a 1590 out of 16, which is not perfect, but it's very impressive. So yeah. he went to Harvard, but he dropped out, you know, so he could pursue his dream. And that was to get everyone a personal com- a computer. And it's not everyone has now, but a great majority of the world. Microsoft is an international name, and most organizations, corporations, as well as people, have some sort of Microsoft product. A lot, everyone's familiar with Windows. You know, it's um, yeah. it's common use. This is Bill Gates' legacy. So, I guess we can get into the creepy stuff. Like, Bill Gates is the, in the position of affecting politics and legislation. And uh, he's really leading the charge, but um, you gotta remember this is a this is technology person who's uh, really no no medical background on that, you know. But uh, still, he's pushing the initiative for uh, to, to lead the charge on on this coronavirus. So, like every powerful person, he took a flight with Mr. Epstein in 2013. They flew together. And uh, shortly after, Bill Gates made some pretty big donations. Shortly after that, a man on Bill Gates' estate got popped with like, let's call it 60,000 pictures of kitty porn. Shame on you. And then uh, he got off with a slap on the wrist. Um, so in 2016, he came out a uh, warning of a uh, corona-like virus. And he has pretty much said like, yeah, I'm gonna have the solution for you when this happens in 2020, <clears throat> foreshadowing. But uh, in 2018, they ran a simulation. Uh, it's a, how do you say in the military? Exercise, exercise, exercise. <laughs> they ran a simulation, um, pretty much trying to manage this pandemic and supposedly it killed 30 million people. So he hosted another event called uh, event 21 to i'm sorry event 201 and this was another simulation but it was with cooperation with the media government and corporations johnson and johnson was in attendance there so guess what guess what at the same time in 2019 the world military games were hosted in guess take a guess take one guess china not china korea oh no definitely in China, but guess what city? Wuhan. Wuhan. Got you walled and shit. What's wrong <laughs> reference? Yeah. <laughs> but nah, yeah, it was in Wuhan, China. And so shortly after that, guess what happens? You have your first outbreak. And then, again, we're just just the facts, ladies and germs, just the facts. See what I did with the germs? Yeah. So, Bill Gates... So he won shortly after that, you know, you have your first uh, case in Wuhan, China, and then Bill Gates is warning the world leaders like, hey, this is going to be a global epidemic that I warned you about. And so, yeah, I got the cure already. Um, (laughs) So then um, 
he told them that he stepped down from his position as a uh, board of directors on the board of directors uh, at Microsoft and like, hey, I'm gonna focus more on philanthropy because the world's about to end and I gotta provide the solution. <clears throat> Foreshadowing. So then um, you have this is where it, it gets really crazy after that. So then Bill Gates shared his vision to have digital certificates for all people to validate their health and status of vaccinations. So I think I'm going to slide the clip in right about here. Check this out. What does Bill Gates want? Eventually, what we'll have to have is certificates of who's a recovered person, who's a vaccinated person, because you don't want people moving around the world where you'll have some countries that won't have it under control. Sadly, you don't want to completely block off the ability for those you know, people to go there and come back and move around. Okay, I'm gonna play that again, guys. Listen to this. He's suggesting we need to have certificates for people who have recovered or been vaccinated. Certificates, like papers, an ID saying you've gotten the vaccination or you've recovered. Eventually, what we'll have to have is certificates of who's a recovered person, who's a vaccinated person, because you don't want people moving around the world where you'll have some countries that won't have it under control. Sadly, you don't want to completely block off the ability for those you know, people to go there and come back. And so what that clip was talking about is like, yo, you got to have this sort of chip or, or something along that nature that it's, it's going to pretty much to say, hey, I got my shot, I got my uh, I got my vaccinations and, and things of that nature. That's pretty wild because it's the end of your private health. So Microsoft and MIT have been working together to develop this type of digital tattoo marker that can like be scanned or something to get this information. And um, it's gonna have your shots and your, your if you've been tested, all these things, all this data would be stored like on your wrist. Mark of the beast, <clears throat> foreshadowing. So something else that's even more creepy is Bill Gates has also been working on the ID2020 project, which is a microchip implanted underneath the skin. We can dive a little bit deeper into this like specifically, but I just wanna give the, the highlights on this. You can do your due diligence. But um, the idea is to give this to refugees and to the homeless. You know, people trying to get away from all the fucked upfulness out there. Yeah, you can come. You can come to our country, but you gotta get a tattoo. Sounding like the Holocaust. You know, like I do believe they tatted up. Uh, you know, they they had tattoos 
as well. But this is uh, this is a bit weird. So Johnson and Johnson, who sold cancer-causing baby powder, they landed a one billion dollar deal from the U.S. government to develop this vaccine. What is really, really crazy about this, and, and Chris, you and me, we spoke on um, vaccinations and the defects and the health defects and, and hearts and the joints from the, what was it, the anthrax vaccine? I think. Well, yeah, we talked about uh, anthrax and... Uh, See, we had to, military members are obligated to take vaccines, but yeah. like they stopped taking, forcing us to take it because they found defects in it. What I'm concerned about is we are in a uh, in a space race, so to speak, to come up with the first and I'm sorry, the first coronavirus vaccine, and they're rushing this thing to. It's an experimental vaccination that they're rushing into production, and people are like, "Oh, I can't wait to get that Rona vaccine!" Like, calm down, calm down, and uh, it's some some weird, weird, weird times. But that's my spiel on Bill Gates. Not pointing the finger at him, just saying he has the he's the most to gain from this, and he seems to have uh, all the answers. And I do believe that he had a patent on the virus as well. I'll uh, do some more digging on that. As as I mentioned, you can take a virus and you can change the molecular structure, and it's something different in your own. But um, yeah, a lot of crazy things going on out there. Do your due diligence, connect the dots, stay woke. Um, well, let's let's dive into the media hype of the Rona, real okay. quick. So, what has, what what do you think has been worse, the media coverage, or the virus itself? Can you compare it to anything like in yeah, the past? And like, uh, let me send this to you real quick. But okay. I got some data, and this is a really great comparison that will really put things into perspective. And um, again, do your due do your research. Don't listen to this wild crazy guy. Just a wild man on the internet. So I'm sending this to you on WhatsApp. Is that the preferred medium you'd like to get? Yeah, through? that's fine. Okay, cool. So what I'm looking at right now, this picture says worldwide deaths from January 1st to March 25th, 2020. So I'm, I'm just, just to put it into perspective, we're gonna shout out the, the corona deaths as of a, as a March 25th. And that's 21,000, right? Died deaths from corona. So yeah. let's go, work, let's work backwards from abortion. So between okay. January 1st and March 25th, nine million deaths from abortion between January 1st and March 25th. So last time I'm going to say that two million deaths from hunger. And then when we're talking about from cancer, almost two million deaths, deaths from smoking over a million and a half deaths from alcohol, almost 600,000 deaths from HIV and AIDS, almost 400,000. Deaths from traffic accidents, 300,000. Deaths from suicides, almost 250,000. Deaths from malaria, 220,000. Deaths from the seasonal flu, 113,000. And to reiterate, this new bug, bitch ass wanna be flu bug corona, 21,000. 
So yeah, in my unprofessional ex- opinion, perspective, whatever, I think there's a great deal of media hype. And also, um, this is an opportunity. It's being leveraged to seize power. And the easiest way to seize power is when the people give it to you voluntarily. And yeah. give it to you voluntarily if you <laughs> scare the shit out of you. And that's yeah. what they're doing with this Rona. The media is in on it and they're hyping it up and um, they're taking advantage of it. And it kind of trickles into the whole new world order. But we'll get to that in a moment. What are your thoughts, CJ? I think, yeah, like, and we're, we're about to talk about it. Well, I might as well just dive into it, my part of it. It all kind of flows together. Or did you want to go on your New World Order? I got go- notes, man. I'll be here for days. Take it away. Well, I'll go ahead and just slide into mine because it all ties together. Um, so we're talking about, I'm, I'm kind of more concerned about life after all this subsides. Mm-hmm. It's going to be a new normal. Everybody has to understand that everything has shifted. Like Indeed. the economy, how you work, how you play, how you live, like how you move. Everything is going to change. How you interact with one another. Exactly. So my brain has been going to, all right, once this is done, like everybody, because everybody wants to go back to normal, mm-hmm. how is this going to play out? Because one of these things about the human mind is once you introduce new stimuli experiences traumas etc your brain can't go back to what what it once was it only never go back to what it once was but here's the thing remember how i told you about my little um experience watching tv yeah and uh, like i'm wondering why people aren't wearing their masks because this has become normal to us this is already becoming normal to us yeah it's like they say once you do something for more than two weeks, it takes your mind two weeks to adapt to any situation. Take the combat zone, for instance. First time you get there, you're like, oh shit, bullets and bombs flying from the sky. And then after a while, you're out there smoking cigarette, bombs blowing, and now you even have your Kevlar on, bombs exploding because you know you, you adjust to it. But like, this is a glimpse of temporary normal. This is becoming normal, I should say. Yeah, so I'm gonna just dive right into my stuff. Life at the Rona, and can't follow up right behind me on this. Um, I got this little website, conspiracy website, Vigilant Citizen. I think it has very interesting information on it. But I'll go over the high level notes, as you like to say. Um, The thing with this Rona has from three aspects of society mass media which we were just talking about yes indeed have everybody noticed that this has been 24 7 coverage like you can't go online radio no matter you're going to hear something about the coronavirus well it's solely focused on the rona what this does is keep fear high and it also keeps you they're testing out our compliance to rules and laws and orders which you should be a good citizen globally, I mm-hmm. think. So. But this is forcing change behavior unwillingly because <laughs> of this situation. So also, you notice they cancel all our diversion activities, sports, yes, movies. So all you have to focus on is basically survival. And the Rona. Yeah. And, and all Rome. this bad news, you're right. So I personally 
I don't know about you guys. I don't really watch the news during the week. I mean, part of it, the reason is we do this lovely podcast, Upgrade America, and we're like quasi semi like informative kind of newsy, but not the news. Yeah, so I'm not taking that responsibility. <laughs> exactly. That we we totally respect journalists and what they do, and they're actually the yeah. last keepers of the truth in society. So you guys really should appreciate journalism for what it is, not new age journalism. We're talking about like get the facts, report it objectively, and give the citizens the truth. Like Edward Snowden is a good example of that. Mm-hmm. As far as the yeah, a good example. So the next thing is the high tech police state is now kicking in full effect. Not like it's not already here. Oh, but they're turning up the, the gears on that. Like Google is participating on that. Yeah. Now, um, they are tracking our movements for how we're moving in in the during this contingency. They're yeah. they're giving our data to uh, to the federal government, saying this guy's going here, this guy's going there. Like they're, I'm not too sure how I feel like feel about that. It's, it's starting to sound like China, where they, you know, they're tracking the citizens and, and things of that nature. But you were mentioning the this digital police state we're venturing into. Yeah, well, and you touched on something I was gonna bring up. Two countries, <laughs> um, China, I guess, where they had to quarantine people, they the makeshift like quarantine, I guess, barracks or dormitories or whatever during that. They had they had uh, CCTV everywhere, right? So they're watching your movies. On top of that, you brought up some other interesting stuff. They're doing it through apps, facial recognition, drones. I've heard even being yes, I've heard that as well. I've Bluetooth. heard that NYPD was actually telling people to go home using drones. They're dispatching them like, yo, get the fuck back inside. Uh, and then uh, yeah. South Korea, what they're doing, and I'm sure the U.S. is doing the same, is they're watching credit card and debit card transactions with mm. smartphone location data, with um, conversations with people. So who you're talking to, they're watching what you're doing, where you're spending, where you're going, to see, like, are you a threat to catching the virus are you interacting with people that are affected and possibly infected all this kind of stuff also causing mass hysteria among the citizens because there are people also looking to come up on some kind of benefits by basically snitching on somebody breaking the quarantine rules yeah. or the social distancing all this stuff um mm. the other thing is the last but not least, which we all have to live through, is the economy shift. So, Cam and I were alluding to this the last episode, that this Rona thing is destroying small business and medium-sized business. It's Absolutely. like literally destroying them. Like, Amazon is pretty much the biggest, between Amazon and like Walmart, those are the two biggest retailers probably in America. Amazon, and global. Those two things that are, are, are staying open. Exactly. They're getting, they're getting a, a large portion of, of, you know, a lot of revenue is, is being directed through uh, these two corporations. And then Amazon's been hiring like over 100,000 people to fulfill this need. And then that's good. That's another, um, perhaps we can have another discussion on this, but like, one, 
how would the America be with just huge companies just running like Amazon absorbs like let's just say they absorb those three million workers who are unemployed like how would that how would these giant corporations like I don't know like I don't want to go down that rabbit hole just yet but that's something that I, I had a concern on but it's you're right it killed small businesses it killed medium businesses but it, it's a uh, it's allowing bigger businesses to grow. Yeah, that's my like overall overview. Do your research, look at like really critically think. We're trying to implore you guys to critically think, like use all the resources at your disposal. We are in the age of information. All information is not accurate or good. There is disinformation, misinformation. Um, but at least try to look at all angles of the situation. That's what we're doing here in Upgrade America. We strongly Ooh, believe it. So what you got, Cam? All right, well, let's dive into it. This is my new world order overview. And, and I really want to break it down to you. And when you talk about the new world order, everyone seems to associate it with Alex Jones rambling about some nonsensical uh, conspiracy theories. Damn it, I wish they'd just stop. They've got enough power now. But it's the sick stuff they come out with. The United Nations, we got to reduce world population by 80%. It's just how they want us. They want us surfs out there. Oh, you know, like your surfs over in uh, over in Britain, the pe my people that left to get up you know, get away with it, eating little turnips and, and little onions they grew. And they're like a foot and a half shorter than the noblemen. With their teeth hanging out as they ride by on their horse. Oh, look at them. We're much better than them. That's their pleasure. Oh, the pleasure. Well, I'm not going to give them their pleasure. I'm going to cram a gun in their mouth and see how they like it. Because I'm free. And it's been in my family history to fight. And I'm not your slave. So get it straight. And we're ready. You can nerve gas us all day. We're ready to rock. And the people are waking up. And when Alex Jones first came out, like, I, I used to watch him. And yeah, I did too. didn't believe everything he said. But he connected enough dots for me to understand there was some validity to it. And uh, he exposed, you know, the whole, uh, very ballsy, man. He exposed, what is it, the Bohemian Grove, that yeah. secret society where a lot of powerful people go and they, they spend a weekend together and they burn like sacrificial owl statues. We'll get into that another time. But the possibility exists that there are a group of powerful people who are steering world objectives. And again, a lot of people don't believe it, but this is commonly taught in sociology. In sociology class, they teach about, you know, pretty much about society and how society functions. And one of the things, uh, the lessons I learned, if something exists today, it's there deliberately, like poverty, crime. These are necessary facets of a functioning society. Like, why would we need crime? Well, if you don't have crime, then you, the lawyers go out of business, the judges go out of business, and then, you know, things shift. So you, you need these things. We can elaborate later. But anyways, it's you view society as a pyramid, and the lowest and largest level is the people. Uh, while they are the base of the pyramid and the most powerful element, the people are weak because they're distracted by entertainment divided by petty differences, and they're deterred by fear. Simply put, if everyone came together, all races, creeds, and religion, we, the 99%, we could topple this system with ease. But that clever 1%, they know and they have devised a plan to keep this machine running smooth. So 
how who who's above the people so above the people you have the religious institutes you have the governments you have the the educational systems and then you have the media these are means to control the people so religion it endorsed slavery justification of rape murder genocide and has been used to condone countless wars and also to shape the fundamental views like this is your concept of good and evil black and white these things things of that nature of course the governments they make the laws and then you know they rule and they enforce the laws and hence the term law enforcement what does that mean men with guns <laughs> and then the military of course what does that mean <laughs> men with bigger guns like these are our means to control the people so the the media is on the what mostly on the television when you break it down what does it say tell lies to your vision tell <laughs> lies to your vision the media tells you what to think it tells you how to perceive your reality something that i witnessed you know going abroad is that people's perception of african americans outside of uh, outside of america is based upon tv they you know they think that we're all rappers and singers and dancers and ball players and that's not the truth but at the same time that perception was shaped by the media it was shaped by uh shaped by tv so come on so music movies all of these are filled with messages and symbols that are only processing on a subconscious level but at the same time they are they're used to distract and also to feed perceptions in 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 and to promote lifestyles. Me personally, I stopped listening to a lot of music and hip hop because I think it's it is a way to uh, brainwash African Americans. You see a lot of the the agendas that are the countless references and, and stuff to Illuminati and New World Order. Like I, I dare say, if there's someone at the top who wanted to push down an, an agenda, they could be used. They could use rappers. So rappers are there are tools. Rappers and musicians, actors, what have you, they're tools for higher agenda. So who's above the religious institutions, the government, and the media? By the corporations, of course. Corporations work hand in hand with governments, and they often have a revolving door. You see people in Wall Street that are <laughs> going in. They're like, yeah, let's regulate finances, like in the government, and then they just it's just a revolving door. Same with the military. You have the military-industrial complex. I think I'm gonna drop the uh, President Eisenhower clip Absolutely. right about here. Ladies and gentlemen, the President of the United States. Good evening, my fellow Americans. Councils of government, we must guard against the acquisition of unwarranted influence, whether sought or unsought by the military-industrial complex. The potential for the disastrous rise of misplaced power exists and will persist. We must never let the weight of this combination endanger our liberties or democratic processes. We should take nothing for granted. Only an alert and knowledgeable citizenry can compel the proper meshing of the huge industrial and military machinery of defense with our peaceful methods and goals, so that security and liberty may prosper together. So you heard the president warn the nation that, hey, like America's making so much money off war, 
that um, they will find ways to stay at war or instigate wars just for the sake of keeping that perpetual revenue coming. That's our bread and butter. We need to come to terms with that. Yeah. So um, there's that piece on the melt. Oh, hold on, real quick. Oh, yeah, go ahead, didn't you? Adult adult entertainment is another big export of ours. <laughs> I just wanted to throw that out there. But go ahead, continue. So again, the, the corporations are working with the military. So the media is owned by corporations, hence you have commercials about corporate sponsors. That's why they're trying to sell you pharmaceutical drugs that's going to make you depressed and kill yourself. Like you're watching your little show and they're like, hey, did you feel sad today? Try like Solanex or something and like you'll feel happy only for a moment. And then you may exhibit signs of depression and suicidal thoughts and possibly death and a heart attack or something like that. And that's, these are their sponsors and they slip that into you. And again, you're, when you're watching TV, you're in a, a very passive state. Your subconscious mind is like open for suggestions and, and they, feed, they feed these things in. Oh, so, quick thing on that. Go ahead. The interjection. Um, I think we're the only civilization, well, Western, uh, only country that advertises pharmaceuticals. I think everybody else doesn't do it. Just to throw that out there. Well, corporations are over, remember, like, corporations are over the government. Corporations have power over the government. So it's, don't, don't expect the, these, uh, these protections like that. Uh, I want to really touch real quick on hip hop. Okay. Hip hop has always been commercial. I mean, like, it's been used to sell countless things. You know, there's a commercial element in there, but however, hip hop was, I would say was critical for the black vote for Barack Obama's presidential campaign in 2008. Sure. Rappers are tools. So now we have to consider who has power over corporations? Why the big banks, of course. Corporations are people and all people are in debt. Corporations go to bank for money and therefore the banks have a bit of sway over them. So there's that. Not much to elaborate on that. So then we have to say, who controls the banks? The central banks, duh. So you have the IMF, that's the International Money Fund. And this bank is comprised of 189 countries. You have the World Bank. You have the Federal Reserve. You have the Bank of International Settlements. Wow. Um, these are very powerful banks. Like, if you're not too sure about the banking game, like little banks go to big banks. They say like, yo, big bank, big bank, give me some bread, give me some bread. And then the, the big banks say they throw the little banks some money and then now they have money and now they're in that game. So then like if a business comes to you or, or a person rather, they're like, hey, give me a loan. You have to deal with the little bank. And you know, when the little banks uh, run out of money or, you know, they, they get more from, from the big ones. So we, we threw the, the whole world banks and all that into there and now here's where it gets a little bit ambiguous and a bit murky because of who controls the world banks or who has power over them so well above the world banks there are think tanks you familiar with think tanks yeah i've, I've heard of them how would you define it i'll give you googles in a moment um think tanks is a group of people mm-hmm that like you kind of talked about they come together with different uh specialties 
and come up with either solutions, problems, or try to figure out ways to, I think, exploit situations, in my <laughs> personal opinion. So that's kind of how I view of a think tank. So you, you really nailed that on the head. I'll just read Google's one just to, uh, to get it official. So Google defines this as a body of experts providing advice and ideas on specific political or economic problems. So yeah, you just you, you paraphrased it correctly. So um, here are some known think tanks. The Trilateral Commission, the Royal Institute of International Affairs. I didn't really know this one was a think tank. Yeah, I remember that one. The United Nations. They consider them a think tank. They basically are. The Council of Foreign Relations and Earth. the Bilderberg Group. Shout out to the hip hop group, the Bilderberg Group, Emperor Flawless, one of my associates. I whip it in motion. Whip it. Look how I mix up the potion. Cannonball in the ocean. Splash. I'm mixing it up. The original Bilderberg Group, uh, Bilderberg group they are considered a think tank. And uh, I kind of wanted to. Their attendance, I do believe uh, Obama was there, Clintons were there. There's a whole long list of, of popular figures who attend these groups. Now, about these think tanks is that they hold meetings with the most powerful people in the world. And allegedly, because I, I, I don't get it. I didn't get an invite yet. Perhaps in the future, you know, we'll be in attendance, Chris. But like, as lately, I didn't. So I can only speculate. But they hold these private meetings to discuss future policy and international initiatives. So to some extent, this is illegal. If you have people coming together behind closed doors and saying, hey, we're going to use our political power to do this in the future, it's kind of illegal. But um, there's no way to validate that just yet. So who has power over them? So over the think tanks, there's allegedly there's a committee of 300, also known as the Olympians. And this is the the collection of the world's wealthiest families since it's assembled council. So evidently they govern, it's an international council that governs and organizes political, commerce, banking, and media, and military for centralized global efforts. And um, I can read a quick list of some names who are on this, the very popular names. Rothschilds, Bundy, Kennedy, DuPont, Freeman, Collins, Lee, Onassis. I do believe uh, Onassis was uh, had something to do with the Kennedys. In yeah. The past. Uh, I didn't mention Rockefeller or Astor or Russell, Van Duren, and the Merovingian. That's an old uh, dynastic family, but those are part of the, how do you say, that 300. So then above that, you have a... I believe it's called the Crown Council of 13. So, again, this is where it gets murky and it's really hard to validate these these claims. But, um, so put your tinfoil cap on and believe what you want. But, um, they really don't give too much detail about that. So my personal beliefs, like I said, I believe that top of the pyramid is occupied by extraterrestrials or interdimensional beings i.e demons particularly because it's just fun to believe i'd rather believe that than like hey jeff bezos and everybody's getting together and they're running the world but here's another thing as well why i believe that because like i said it's entertaining but um 
but mainly due to the patience it would take to carry out this plan. So the plan to rule the world, it's, it's age old. It's referenced in biblical scriptures like 2000 years ago. So my buddy pointed out, shout out to Mario again, like um, that who could imagine a one world government with something to put on your, your wrist or your forehead to enforce a global currency like who could imagine that 2000 years and i'm like yeah and it is wild to imagine like before there are aeroplanes or, or things of that nature they, they conceive this but we discussed the whole blueprint as you so elegantly put it before but i'm only saying this to say that this plan has been conceived a long time ago to further, further uh, elaborate on that the founding fathers printed on on our dollar bill Nuvos Odos Seclorum. That means new world, new order, and then seclorum, meaning secular. I'm not talking about the physical globe, which I believe is mundus in, in Latin, but seclorum in, in Latin, they're talking about secular. Secular meaning like this, this society. So it's like a new order society. And that was printed on the dollar bill, you know, um, by the founding fathers. So this plot has been cooking for quite some time and it definitely would not be achieved in one limited lifespan of a mortal man. And um, me personally, I'm gonna turn this into like a, a sci-fi plot for a novel or something, is that I think aliens crash landed here and they're using humans to repair their ship. But our tech was so far behind and it's taken ages and, and humanity is, you know, there, I don't know, the ruling powers need control and so this little, I don't know, I think that is, <laughs> it's all speculation at this point, I might as well make it up, yeah. but uh, like I said, that's all BS, <laughs> what I just said right there, I, I may turn it into a movie script, but hey. uh, as I mentioned, the people have the power, we're the strongest element of the system, the new world order, it, it's shifting that power and taking away the liberties of the people. We discussed 9-11 the results on another episode. Check it yes. out. It was, it was an awesome one. But um, that resulted in the violations of the Fourth Amendment's courtesy uh, to the Patriot Act, and we discussed that as yeah. well. What is the most clever part about that is the people give up the rights willingly, and they did so in the name of uh, national security. So today, the people are giving those rights up in the name of public health and safety freedom of movement, freedom of religion. Like, yeah, everybody stay home. Wash your hands. Everything's going according to plan. So um, I don't believe there's, I do believe that there are ruling people who are ruling the world. I don't believe they call themselves the Illuminati. Like for us, for average people, for everyday Americans, everyday people to be aware of that. Like if you're really running the world secretly, you probably don't even have a name for that organization. But just because, just like that, the whole New World Order, they're not going to call it, okay, I pledge allegiance to the New World Order. It could very well be called something else. But here are the signs that you have to, you have to recognize. One World Government, which has recently been proposed by Gordon Brown, I believe. Yeah. Let me find that article. I'll slide it in here. But he went to the UN and he wants to... Uh, yeah, here it is. 
So this is from The Guardian. Gordon Brown calls for a global government to tackle coronavirus. So again, this is one of the first initiatives is to start a one world government. The second is the one world currency. There's another article, I do believe from CB, uh, CBS, where they're mentioning that as well. And um, that's, yeah, the United Nations, the think tank that you mentioned, they are proposing a new global currency. And then the last one, which I think would be a bit tricky, is a one world religion. We talked about the role that religion plays in control. And I guess religion has caused a lot of problems in the past. So perhaps that's why they want to consolidate it under one and gain a, a better foothold of that in the future. Do you have any input on that? I have a few more things. Nah, uh, basically, like, I, I'm in this realm with you. Like, I look at alternative, alternative theories, conspiracy mm -hmm. theories. Like, I think it's just very healthy to be skeptical, to question things, and to also just look at the environment around you and observe and pay attention. So, I think this is all great stuff, man. I think everybody should be at least look as much as you can because we understand internationally some of you guys don't have access to information like we do. Yes. So sure. I'm very well aware of that because of your governments are controlling the internet, controlling your freedom of speech, controlling the freedom of press, etc. So we very much understand that because we are global citizens as well. Indeed. So we're going to throw that out there as well. So hopefully you can see some of this if it's not censored. <laughs> uh, we're doing as much as we can before it becomes censored. I'm not wishing that or speaking that in existence, but it's a reality. It seems like it's leaning that way. I got yeah. a couple questions for you. Okay, go for it. So we see the UN, the United Nations, the EU, the European Union, and BRICS stands for Brasilia, Russia, India, China, and South Africa. Shout out to all of you. Yeah. Um, you see other alliances like this forming as the world grows together. Is a one world government inexorable? Is this just the evolution of, of geopolitics in the nation state? I would say I could see it leaning that way just because it's simpler. Um, how long it will take and will all the countries go along with it is the biggest question. Mm. That is a really big question and I can see that leading to conflict. So yeah. I, have, I have a couple more for you. So okay. how would you foresee this type of government functioning and what would be the requirements to run for office? Like for me, I Ooh. think president is cool, but like to be emperor of the world? Like, yeah, what would that title be? I think that would be a pretty, uh, fun job but what do you think would be the requirements do you think this would be a democratic process would it be open to all citizens or would it be like oh you have to be like a world leader or because I, I i think it would i don't know like it's just something fun to, to speculate what do you think uh nah you gotta you gotta be compliant to run that kind of situation. You're talking globally, so mm -hmm. they're gonna vet your ass and best believe you gotta philosophically be in line with what they want in that position. I um, get you on that, but I like how America does it. Like I said, they let this young, wild, radical, independent candidate run for president of the United States. 
And if a uh, a global government were to arise, I would very much want those doors to be open, one to myself, and two, so we don't keep it limited to these old gray-haired dinosaurs to be like, bah, 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 let's run the earth into the dirt, fracking and yeah. all that pollution and crap. Like, no, we gotta keep the doors wide open for for young blood. But um, I have one more question. Okay. So, if it were run benevolent with resources of the world. Divided up for the people with the free trade, travel, would it be so bad? Like, if you and me were running it, Upgrade America style, no exploiting and disenfranchising poor nations or anything like really, you said it, what did you say, foreshadow to, you said next season's going to be Upgrade World, yeah. <laughs> in those policies, like, could, do you think it could be run benevolently? Yes, but humans, what's the one thing we learned from psychology? Humans have unlimited wants, mm. but very few needs. And I think oh. those wants corrupt actual needs. I do think we could run a benevolent global society. I really do, but it's still creepy hearing that too. Like, I think it's creepy because where it's the the concept of the nation state is such an antiquated idea. It's like this little yeah. squiggly line means you're gonna be rich here. You're gonna be very comfortable, have a, a nice, uh, you know, you're gonna have a better life than if you live in this squiggly line True. down here. The resources, all the resources are in the world. They're gonna be consumed over here, and then you'll get the little scraps and, and stuff over there. That's such a frivolous concept. When you, when you think about it. And then it's like, you also have to think, I mentioned in the handbook, like yeah. what I want to do for America and homelessness and hunger and poverty, upgrade America. Like yeah. it had those same things in mind where every citizen was fed, every citizen was housed, every citizen had access to clean water, every citizen had access to healthcare via life force and things of that nature do you, do you think you could it could be done well actually while you're talking about that we could segue into the next topic a little out of order but it flows right into what you're you know talking. how we do man simplify we're not marines but you know simplify we adapt we adjust yeah so let's talk about this we nah, you gotta give me an answer first though i want to know because oh, okay. i'm totally going to uh, campaign for emperor of the world when the, when the office is available. So you're saying, can we do it, basically? That's what you're asking, your overall question. Yeah. I mean, in yeah. theory. In, in theory. Yeah, we could do it in theory, but okay. who stands to benefit by us doing that? Just like you just had your whole presentation, who stands to benefit from everybody having a everyone, high standard? Everyone, the whole outline, I... I, I, I laid out for mutualism is that yo you're wealthy people you can stay wealthy you're gonna get your you can live comfortably you're gonna get your money you're gonna be good yeah. but then you will have no poor people you have no poverty all their needs will be met so then all whatever income whatever revenue they coming in they can focus all of that on their wants things that they want i think we can shift that paradigm to where we don't have to play this messed up game where Oh, we need to prey on the impoverished, and we need yeah. to force big pharma and, and and healthcare that destroys more than than it heals. Like that game is like so 
20th century is the 21st so this is shout out to the illuminati i know you guys listening too but come on like hopefully there's some new blood in, in your ranks and you can see it see it on on our level from our perspective but we don't have to play like that so yeah. saying i got some ideas and um you can really how do you say ct upgrade world <laughs> Upgrade, upgrade the globe. Yeah, I've been bringing upgrade that up. Upgrade globe. Yeah. But yeah, that's what he said for season three. We're going to be doing more international uh, topics, and we're, we're already getting into that now. But yeah. yeah, just again, the concept of the New World Order can be terrifying, but yeah. um, we just have to, to pray and hope that the same dinosaurs that are running the program before are out of there and there are more. Uh, smarter and um people more in touch with what's really going on but um i just want to reiterate one more time okay these are things that that means that it's coming one world government one world currency and one world religion so you said you wanted to segue into something else well now we'll we'll go we'll get to it anyway it'll all still flow it's all good um so something interesting dropped that Cam and I are very interested in. Let's talk about the healing side okay. of Corona. So I got some stats on this gentleman. Very popular, controversial figure. His name is Dr. Sebi. He's known, his government name is Alfredo Bowman. Okay. He grew up in Spanish Honduras. He was a he had recently passed, I think, two years ago, something like that. I believe so. Uh, he was a pathologist, a herbalist, a biochemist, and a naturalist. He studied herbs in North America, Central America, South America, Africa, and the Caribbean. Oh, wow. He was a self-educated man. Um, he did suffer from what started him on his journey was, he comes from a family of healers I was reading. But what started him on his journey was all his ailments that he had. So he suffered from asthma, diabetes, impotency, like meaning you can't get a heart on, mm -hmm. uh, and obesity. He tried to get treated in the US, didn't work. I think he went back to Mexico where I, he might've found his mentor or I think his grandmother was Mexican and he got healed by a herbalist there. Okay. That started his journey on his path to healing people, which he created a system, a natural vegetation cell, food geared for intercellular cleansing, revitalization of all the cells that make up the human body. That's what he focuses on. So famous people he's treated was Michael Jackson, King of Pop, we already know who that is, and Left Eye, Lisa Lopez, member did, they, uh, did he disclose what he treated them for? Uh, I know, I think it was like, real quick. Oh, he beat the Supreme Court because he cured people of AIDS and HIV and other yes, ailments. I heard about that, That's really, uh, that was a really big deal. But what, is, what, did, he the, what did he beat the Supreme Court? Well, they try to say that him curing people, healing people was false, but it found out it was actually true. He did actually do it. Wow. So and they, they validated that in the, in the court of law, the Supreme yeah. Court. That. 1987, July. Wow. Um, and this has just become a mainstream in like late to mid 2000. You know? Yeah. 
Uh, I'll look up. Well, I kind of, I'll try to find that information real quick, but I know Michael Jackson was having problems with sleeping. Oh, yeah, yeah, I heard about that. Yeah, so he was detoxing him. He's getting him better, but it was going to take like a year. But he wanted, you know, Dr. Sebi wanted to get paid for his services, but not, he's not greedy. But the amount of treatment and how long it would take mm-hmm. did cost a lot of money. I so, see the time frame being a factor as well. Exactly, because now... Throwing the going on everything. Exactly. And then Lisa Lopez, I think she had got sick or something when she was abroad in Honduras or something like that. And he treated her for some ailments. I don't know exactly. I could look them up real quick or you want to just dive into nah, the nah, Let's keep rolling then. Okay. Um, so you so playing we, a documentary clip? Yeah. As far as with the healing. And um, I really want to explore that alkaline diet as well. I mentioned some of those things early on. I do believe like uh, the concept is to be to eliminate mucus or something. Yeah. Uh-huh. Because that's where this stuff thrives. And the interesting thing is, Cam and I have been sharing stuff, is somebody shared with the coronavirus, it seems like it's a combination of bronchitis mm-hmm. and flu. I, I believe they compared it more to a pneumonia. Yeah, that too. And, and it was like, um, and, and my understanding is like, it's, they compared, they said it's like Corona and SARS. Yeah. I guess it's like, it's mutated or some shit like that. And yeah. it's like, this mucus that's forming in the lungs, it's like crystallizing. And it's like, that's how people are more or less they're suffocating because of that. But my understanding is that this alkaline diet, it can uh, eliminate some of that mucus. I do believe I got the video up. You ready? All right. Who's playing the sound, though? You are? Or... Uh, yeah, I got the sound. Okay, I'll keep mine on. Imagine this. Anybody in this room, if I could say, hey, somebody cured AIDS, I'll be like, yeah, right. Man, it ain't been 24 hours. We got to pick up the baton and run it across the world. Look at all these tweets. Hey, Ken, I love that watch guy, over man. He's the one He offered cures for incurable diseases. He offered hope and life to those about to die. What they will do with AIDS is the same thing they do with everything else. They will figure out a way for you to live with... This is how the healthcare hustle works. We bring you in. You're sick. We start you on treatment protocols that are many times more toxic than what we're treating you for. It just mind-numbing to see how we can allow people like this to come among us, poison us, and then live comfortable lives. He's an immigrant from Honduras who never went to school, college, or medical school. Yet the man known as Dr. Sebi claims to have found the cure for several life-threatening diseases, including AIDS. Too good to be true? Well, you be the judge. He made black people question the information that they were getting from their very own medical doctors. We have been misled not only by the foreigners that are not part of our race, but we were also hoodwinked by our brothers that was trained by those people. Dr. Sabi did not have to go through university systems once he realized that the knowledge was all around him, that he was walking over medicine. All right, so we're here at Tasso, the AIDS support organization in Uganda. Try to get some answers. When I told my mama that I had cured my 13 AIDS patient, she said, they're gonna get you. Today, a Brooklyn man who masqueraded as a doctor 
has been arrested by the state attorney general. Can you cure AIDS? I've cured AIDS many times, sir, and I can cure AIDS again and again. AIDS has been cured by the Usha Herbal Research wow. Institute. So if Sebeet or the Usha Research Institute cure AIDS, who cure AIDS? The black race or Sebeet? It is the black race. Dr. Sebi have brought so many levels of, of healing to our community. He, like many other, other could have surely been a target of powers that be. There is a group of people who do not want everyone to be here. We have cures for a lot of things, but that's not what keeps America going. So who's the real problem here? Is it Sabi or is it some pharmaceutical company that is willing to exploit us? This man has not objectively shown what he does. I would say he either deserves a Nobel Prize or a term in jail, and I vote for the latter. So when yeah. I found out about Sebi, and it's really it's about his case. Oh, yeah. wow. Niggas was tweeting me, hustle, yeah, be careful, man. Your plane gonna go down. <laughs> Anybody watching this, I want people to take Nipsey's lessons. So I don't want none of us to be afraid. Anything that interferes with their omnipotent need to own and control everything is a danger and will be eliminated. Yeah. Yeah, but once it's on the internet, it's no turning back. And, uh, this information is spreading. That diet, you, you can't suppress that. And I, I'm really grateful that Nick Cannon did take the time to finish that documentary so that, you know, that we can get this out and, and people can know. Like, Shout out to him. The health industry is... The whole world is about to change and this uh, I, I really see how it's going to impact the, the health industry on this we can use that to segue into our or or did we do life after rona because i have one more thing i want to discuss about life after rona as far as private and public health go go right into it it's perfect go ahead okay cool cool so um i suppose we can just do you want to um you want me to drop the clip in or do you want to just, you want me to play? Uh, I can drop the clip and it's only a minute. Okay. But, yeah, um, yeah. Again, there's a lot of talk going on about rushing this emergency vaccination out for everyone and getting everyone's going to get it. That alone should be a red flag to you. Like, hey, let, let's get something. Most vaccines take 18 months to develop, but let's get something out that's, you know, that's been slapped together in four months and, and you know, shoot it into the entire United States populace or, or even the world. That's a red flag. Yeah. Um, furthermore, uh, mandating, there's the notion of, uh, hey, let's mandate that everyone get it before they return to, to work. To what? Everyone gets it before they turn return to work? So then how are you gonna validate that? Well, obviously you're gonna have to dig into their medical uh, records. You're going to have to dig into their, their medical history. And that, I, I dare say, is a violation of HIPAA. But that's just my thoughts on that. I think that's, this is will be the death of your private health. My concern is it won't stop there. They'll be all up in your ass. Colonoscopy, pun intended. <laughs> Using your health status to charge you more on your health insurance. Like, oh. Ooh, man. You know, we just spook our pinky up your butt, and it seems like you've been eating a lot of junk food. So we're um we're gonna charge you more, and your your health information can be used against you. That's one of the, I kind of. Hmm? 
fitness trackers. That's part of it too. So words right out of my mouth because that's one thing I said. I stopped using my my Apple Watch. I think I'm one they're getting too much data from me for free. Yeah. Granted, I'm healthy and I'm active and I I get my steps in. They're getting that on my phone, but I'm not gonna give them my heart data, which they have. You know, like the, yeah. the smart watches, they're tracking your heart rate. They they know all that information. Now, Mark Cuban, to quote again, data is the new oil. That yeah. heart data can be used against you. Well, not so much against me, because like I said, I train like a madman. But someone who sits on the couch all day and you have a record of that, that you're more likely to get a heart disease or something like that because of your inactivity. Um, this seems to be where we're heading with that. And that's a concern. But what are your thoughts on the end of uh, potentially the end of private health? Is it possible? It's very concerning because that's one of the last bastions of privacy. Like, I mean, we already given up most of our rights digitally. So now, and then you got to also compound that on where all our health records are going digital anyway, on top of that. So there's no telling for manipulation, hacking, all this kind of stuff on top of that is true. When you go to therapy, mental health, that's confidential. When you go to your doctor, that's confidential. Like, just think, like, that breaks down institutions that are supposed to be for the people, in essence, even though we know they're corrupted by wealth and other factors, at least we got some kind of protection around that. But man, that's really scary. Like your private health being gone, like. So and it makes me think about my fitness. That could really be a reality. Yeah, it made me think about ditching my fitness tracker completely. Like again, I'll give you my steps. You can have my step data because that's very, uh, you know, it's just you can get a lot of information out about it. But at the same time, it's like you're only tracking it on my phone. So the lack of steps could very well mean that I'm not attached to my phone. Sure. Um, but at the same time, when you have that that thing, as far as it has your heart rate, it's, you can get a lot of information about your from uh, from someone's heart. And that's yeah, sleep where, too. Yeah, that that as well. And, and sleep is lack of sleep is uh, can lead to a lot of you know uh, how do you say a, a lot of illnesses. Yeah. But um, that's my thoughts on that. What else we got on the agenda? There's something. Um, okay. You said you had a clip, right? Minute clip or no? Um, I'm gonna slide that in. Like that that one minute clip, I was just gonna slide that in during our conversation. Okay, gotcha. And then let that play. It's not too long. It's just uh you can hear the man himself, Bill Gates, saying this is what uh this is what he would like to see with vaccines. And big tech another reason why I said we need young people in politics. Because yes. young people who are in touch with technology. Because I'm telling you, man, like technology, these tech giants, they have the potential to dominate government and potentially the world. We're seeing that with Amazon and Microsoft and, and other entities as, as well. Like technology is the future. And uh, if we don't have, you know, young, vigilant people who are in tune with this technology to regulate it and the right future legislation, well, you're in for a, they say, brave new world. I say a terrifying new world. And, um, just something you have to consider in the coming days so after just hitting y'all with everything today <laughs> there's another interesting fact that you probably don't know that the media is not talking about mm. but it'll probably help you connect the dots on some of these bailouts 
So there's something called business interruption insurance known as business income insurance. It's a type of insurance that covers loss of income that a business suffers after a disaster. The income loss may be due to disaster-related closing of business facility or due to the rebuilding process after, disaster, after a disaster. So a quick example would be hurricane. So your business hit by the hurricane, you can't control that. That's kind of like in the insurance game, I think they say an act of God, yes. where it's totally out of your control. That's an example of somebody who would obviously need business insurance. But let's check out the interesting things it does cover that is not spoken about. Interesting. Lightning. So things typically covered under a business interruption insurance policy. So insurance, big insurance companies are making crazy money. They looking to, man, it's, it's going to be nice for them. Um, from this crisis or wouldn't they be shelling out money because of this? Well, yeah, but they're, I guess they're probably going to try to lean on the governments to pay out more money yeah. than they have to pay out. So I'll yeah, good catch on that. But um, so what is covered under business interruption insurance is profits. So they would have been earned on prior months of financial statements. That's all accounting stuff. But uh, fixed costs, operating expenses, uh, temporary location. So this covers policies cover extra expenses for moving to operating from a temporary location. Commission and training costs uh, for operators of machinery replaced by the insurer and following the insured events. Yeah. Extra expenses, uh, reimbursement for reasonable expenses beyond fixed costs. All this is like a ch uh, accounting terms. You know, so, what about, um, yeah, totally, I peeped that too, but what about like, is there anything for your workers? Or did I miss that? Well, we'll, we'll kind of dive into that. Okay. I'm just gonna get to like real quick because this is something somebody kind of mentioned this at my former job so you guys i am unemployed it's okay i'm good i ended my six year ish relationship with my former company who i will not name but uh yeah so i'm good everything's good i'm in high spirits um i'm relaxing do this unemployment you know i live pretty conservatively so i'll be fine no um, this is a real thing with the Rona. Um, so I, I probably was one of the first people to get laid off, fired, but I do get severance. So if you're wondering. Um, but civil authority, ingress and egress. Govern government mandated closure of business premises that directly causes loss of revenue. Mm. Because of government issued curfews yeah. or street closures related to a covered event. Hmm, how interesting. Well, so, like the times we're in right now. So basically, overall, what I'm trying to convey is your Fortune 500 business, your small to medium business, for the most part, have insurance for this whole event. So basically, they're going to get reimbursed for all the profits, all this stuff. So is a bailout necessary? Or it is should a be part of the reimbursement. I'm curious. Like, it shouldn't be, but um, you know, we already read That's this. Very good fine there. 
with the, with the business insurance and I'm curious to like how that plays out because if that is the case it's like I don't want to say like yo you got money from the government and from your insurance it was up double dipping and also it brings up another fact well if you have employees that you're about to lay off or whatever couldn't you just pay them keep paying them because you're going to get the money back anyway that's it's uh I suppose but it's a matter if they have a cash flow like uh on hand like how much money do they have stashed up you know that it's a, it's a, it's really dependent on their books but I get what you're saying but uh it, it, again like you said you you call it like what it is is double dipping and it, it is questionable to how much they really need for uh for the bailout yeah um so I wanted to touch on that and it is a little more personal for me because I just went through this. So I did raise the question on my exit meeting mm-hmm. uh, and I got a confused look. So that lets me know I was on to something that they probably didn't expect that I knew. Um, it happens. So, you know, the Air Force has taught me how to critically think um, and college. So shout out to both of those. Um, so yeah, I just want you guys and girls, since we have a lot of lady listeners, um, I want you to know, do your research too on companies policy. What are they doing? What are their contingency plans or emergency plans for all you civilians out there? Um, really be careful though. Cause I don't want you to lose your employment because probing will probably put you first on the list. Yeah, I heard that was happening in Amazon. People who are speaking out. Yeah. They're getting cut. Same in hospitals, too, which is kind of messed up. But yeah. uh, let's, um, we're kind of pushing two hours. Tell me uh, tell me something good, CJ. Let's leave on a positive note. Well, uh, let's see. Something I experienced um, last night was so awesome was these quarantine parties that's been going on on IG Live. Mm-hmm. So the two people that were going head to head were T-Pain, rapper T-Pain, producer, mm-hmm. songwriter, and Little John from Atlanta, legendary producer. And it was one of those moments where I was, I'll be honest, I was getting drunk, like, but it was awesome. It was worth it because Listening to all the music, you understand what you're doing in your life during that time. Most of their music came out in our 20s. Yeah, yeah, my military career was filled. Exactly. So we were active duty, running Korea. Yeah, partying. Yeah, yeah, it was partying hard. Got this dude to dance. Um. (laughs) (laughs) And you have no photographic evidence of that. Right here, I do. <laughs> um, oh, man. That's what's so, up. Yeah, last night was beautiful, man. I really, I was dancing. Like, I was tipsy. Like, I was just excited, man. I was just really had a, like, moment of just pure happiness. And it's hard to find that nowadays, especially what's going on right now. And, uh, yeah, that's one positive thing. I, I would say you get to see the creativity of the arts because now you don't have a conf you don't have a concert venue you don't have like a lot of these artists are going acapella like yeah, that's like what, you can do, what you can do in, in your home and i'm considering doing that too i got the microphone right here i yeah. haven't been to the studio for a while but i kind of want to um 
You know, I want to be able to do that. But yeah. I don't know. Good things in, in my life. I mean, um, I'm alive. I'm free, and I'm healthy again. Take that, take that deep breath, man. That is a blessing. Like yeah. We really hear about the people dying because they can't get ventilators, but um, I have connected with a lot of people just because um one um you know I told you I got the family uh, death in the family connecting with people, but just because we are now taking more advantage of the social media and, and having more conversations, and the world is getting smaller, and I think that's a great thing, but yeah. um. You know, my 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 family. Uh, we're we're good. My friends, we're we're good. You're good out there. So it's, it's, that's that's a beautiful thing. For everybody, uh, I want to say thank you once again for joining, watching the show, sitting with us for two hours straight. You yeah, know, yeah. we know it's, it's it is a it's a pleasure, and we want to keep this coming for you. And if you're finding value, you're enjoying it. Give us a like. Give us a share. Give us some feedback. And if we suck, tell us. Yeah, let us know. Comments. Want to hear us uh, discuss? We'll do the research and then we'll present it on here for you. And uh, we we like to think we're doing a service. Yeah. But at the same time, you're doing us a service by watching, listening, liking, sharing, all that good stuff. So we'll catch you on the next episode. Stay safe and be nice to one another. (laughs) That's all I got, man. That's all I got, man. This is awesome. Like, uh, yeah, I'm good, man. Life is good. All right. Then I'll catch y'all on the next episode. Peace. Peace.